Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yep. And welcome back to Talking Knicks, folks. We're doing it. The Knicks have Chris Paul. Their new head coach is Kenny Atkinson. Spike Lee can walk through any door he wants. None of that's true, but we're going to find a way to talk Knicks because we got the whole crew together. Tommy Piccolo, Greg Poon, the big baby himself. Let's talk Knicks. We're back, baby! Holy Toledo. Welcome back to Talking Knicks. Boy, are we excited. Kind of. We we hit the clear point in the Knicks season that we all mentally and physically exhausted ourselves. Uh, the trade deadline pass, along with the Knicks losing six straight games. But they actually had a decent little homestand. They went 3-2. and two, um, And they're currently leading against the Washington Lizards. Uh, boys, it's been a little bit. I moved across country. Uh, we hit the soul-sucking season of the Knicks. How are you guys doing? Let's send it around. Tommy P. Tommy Piccolo. Hey, guys. Good to good to see you all. Um, it has been a while since we've done this. I'm doing well. I'm coming off a of vacation, feeling very rested. Uh, took the last couple of days off from work. Went up. Were to- you in Italy or Asia? <laughs> oh, my God. I was in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Oh, uh, visiting my brother-in-law and his girlfriend, uh, and yeah, my my wife Rose and I had a lovely time up there. Did you know? Did some rock climbing. That that was actually indoor, but we also visited a bunch of breweries, some restaurants. Portsmouth's a nice little town. You guys should check it out. What's everyone's scale of one to ten, Tom? How scared are you of Corona right now? Oh, we are going to talk about that. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what do you think the K stands for in TK? <laughs> <laughs> I said God. that before the podcast. Like, yeah. are you actually scared? Um, so, so you guys know my wife is a a nurse. She's studying to be right. a nurse anesthetist. Um, there was the first reported case at the hospital where she works, and and sh- I will say she is is concerned. Like, she yeah. follows a lot of doctors on like Instagram and Twitter, and and like she trusts their opinions a lot. And yeah, she, I mean, she is a uh, a very risk averse person in general. So. Uh, I think she's kind of prone to, to I don't want to say overreacting, but certainly reacting to stuff reacting. like this. And yeah, she, she went out today, bought gloves, bought nice. soaps, bought things to, a lot of citrus fruits. I don't think that that's going to necessarily yeah. help, but it, we're, we're doing the whole thing in the Piccolo household for sure. And let's send nice. that question around. Nice. Greg, where are you at? I I was a one out of ten. I'm up to four out of ten, and it's tough to get me there. I'll be honest with you yeah. guys. I mean, I I'd prefer not to get it. Okay. I uh, I'm supposed to move to New York as well. Like right. You. Yeah. So I got my lease here until the 13th, and I'm just like, I, should I move there right now, or should I just wait a couple weeks until our really, next coverage really is peak? Our next coverage is going to be wilding. 
Yeah, hopefully it'll be the off season by the time I get there. Yeah, but it'll be a, it'll be wild. How are you? I'm good. I've been been having some fun. I've been living it up in my last couple of weeks here in Stanford, partying with the the great Ben Crick. Wow. All state football player, 2010. <laughs> <laughs> offense Ooh. and defense. I think I don't know. That might not be true. Definitely offense. All right. That um, sounds sounds nice. Yeah, there's nice. like a St. Patrick's Day parade in Stanford, so it's like. Did they cancel it? They canceled Boston. Well, ours was last weekend. Oh, so nice. It was like early ahead uh, of it. Yeah, I don't. It shouldn't have been, but it worked out. Yeah, that's good to hear. And big Jake, baby David, Jake or BBD, you guys hang out with any Allstate high school football players recently? <laughs> uh, Ploof play in high school? Ooh. I don't think so. I think he's a baseball only guy. Wow, that's bad. Guess I got you guys beat. We've been we've been in close quarters, BBD. How are you doing? Um, I'm well. I'm well. I uh, well, I started a new job recently. Don't know if you guys heard. Yeah. Um, on coronavirus, <laughs> uh, I'm not personally scared, but like I get it if you are. Right. That's where I'm at. Um. And yeah, and I, and I also uh, moved back to the New York area uh, full time. So fun Look at times! That. Wow, we had three moving. people in here move closer to the Knicks, and Tom's punk- bunkering up in his house. So wow, I'm, I'm not going anywhere, guys. I'm uh, I'm staying right here. I do work in New York, but but I'm, I'm gonna be working remotely here in Connecticut for the foreseeable future. So see you guys never. That's crazy. Nice. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> Sorry. That's I, uh, love, bro. I watched the Colby White draft video this morning and it's been stuck in my head all day. And it's probably it might be one of the most wholesome videos on the internet of like people. It's like, such sure a genuine you... moment. It's like heartwarming. I I do oh, love that. Yeah. Should we just watch that on repeat for talking Knicks? Because it's gonna be I feel like it's gonna be more wholesome than what we say, but um how's how's everyone doing with the Knicks? We've We've been through a lot this season. I feel like we're personally beat up. Um, you know, Julius Randle's still playing his version of basketball combined with football. Um, Barrett's still getting minutes. Mitch Rob had a really nice dunk the other day. Um, I don't know. I think uh, uh, around I have Chris Paul rumors. Sheesh. But uh, I, I'm going to go to Big Baby David. Um First, just because he he mentioned a hot take to me in the office the other day. BBD, how are you doing with Mike Miller? Oh, uh, kind of soured on him a bit. I think a big part of that is probably that, like, the Knicks unprovoked said he he has no chance of coming back, basically. So I'm, I've, like, stopped looking for good stuff. I think that's, like, the back of my head. But also he, like, had a weird Frank quote today that I don't fully remember. And that like kind of pissed me off. So, do you remember the gist of it? What, what did he say? It? Something uh, about is, Frank's is something, time. It's something about like he thought he thinks Frank could play more consistently with more playing time or something. It's like, like yeah, that's that's how that works. So I'm, okay. I've had enough. I I think you control that, Mike Miller. <laughs> it's in theory that's your decision. Tom. I think what I read was I'm Greg, but I'm sorry, Hi, Greg. To, sorry to butt in. I think what I read was that he thinks that Frank and Knox can be more consistent on offense and, and as they as they play more. 
I think that's what I read, but again. Might have been the full quote. I don't have the full quote. So I don't think it was as bad as you're making it out to be, but I also don't know what the quote was, so. (laughs) (laughs) We're all going off what we think the quote was. Either way, we should be getting Kenny Atkinson, right? Please? I mean, like, I don't, like BBD alluded to, with Mike Miller pretty much out of the mix, like, guaranteed, I don't really care what he does like long term i want short term to be able to to see him play the young guys and like have rotations that make sense but like for him it makes more sense to do what he thinks is going to like win basketball games and maybe that just means in his mind that means playing the veterans i think there is kind of a disconnect where it's like playing it, it seems like some people think including mike miller they think that like playing the veterans more will equate to more wins but I don't really even know if that's the case at this point. Like, I, I do think that playing Frank more minutes, playing R.J. Barrett more minutes, playing Mitchell Robinson more minutes, like, that is not only good for their development, but it's also good for basketball. It's good for winning winning games. Kevin Knox might be kind of the only outlier where the, the more you play him, like, the, the harder the tank. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, and... I kind of agree with with everything you just said because, like, at minimum, I mean, I guess the team has done some winning lately, but it has felt like in most of those games it's been, like, the young guys playing better, and I don't know. It it certainly would be a a more compelling watch if it was at least the young guys and the win-loss stayed the same. Uh, And and the veterans have given you no reason to think that they're inherently better than the young guys besides, I guess, Knox, and even then I still want to see him play more. Yeah, and like off that, I know Dotson has disappeared from the rotation in the last couple of weeks. He was hot for a minute, then Wayne <laughs> totally Ellington came back. Totally forgot Just like you mentioned, the 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 veterans haven't inherently shown that they're better than the uh, the the young guys, and that's like Ellington is replacing Dotson, which just doesn't make any logical sense. I mean, Ellington's been much better than he was back in the day when I all I did was make fun of him. But still, it's, he doesn't need to play basketball for this team. I'm surprised he's still here. I feel like every Knicks game that I start watching, I forget about a player. And then <laughs> they they get subbed in at the end of the third quarter, and I'm like, oh, my God. A, he's still here, and B, why hasn't he been playing? <laughs> um, and I don't know if that's a me thing, a Knicks thing, or a Mike Miller thing. Um Tom, let's 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 get positive on this. Who's? I I feel like we've had a couple guys in the past couple weeks. I won't say shine, but uh, guys we like. Do we like we like Taj Gibson now, right? Like we're doing the he's a good influence and he's he's helpful setting screens. Are we still there? Yeah, I mean, f- from what I've read, Taj has been a good locker room presence and all that. But you know, the fact that he's that he'd been starting all those games. It does take away from Mitch's minutes just inherently. He's not sure. he's not out there to start games. So, um, you know, I, I think the reasoning for that has always been, like, Mitch is so foul-prone. But I think he's kind of curtailed that a little bit. Um, I'm just looking at, like, his last 10 games as an example. And he's averaging 2.8 fouls per game in about 25 minutes per game these last, these last 12 games played I'm looking at. So, I mean – 
I mean, that's that's progress right there. Like, that's basically all I do when I do go in and watch these games is, is look for the young guys. I get super frustrated. I know you asked for a positive spin, but I get super frustrated watching guys like Julius Randle, Alfred Payton, Bobby Portis just monopolize possessions, monopolize shot attempts. Um, mostly because, like, Payton and Portis, I'm I'm very confident that they won't be back next year. Or, wait, is Payton is – Payton, Locked up for next year. Payton's pl- a team option. They, a team they're option. all the team options. Everyone's in the same boat. Okay. Randall, yeah. <sighs> I don't Morris know, guys. Like, I, I am worried that, that they're going to bring back, like Peyton <laughs> and and some of the others. But um, bottom line is, when I'm watching these games, I'm looking for the young guys and I'm looking to see what they do. And R.J. Barrett has been, he's been better lately. Like he had that awesome game against the Rockets. Uh, where I think he had his season high, and, and he he really showed out against James Harden, and I know it got overshadowed a little by by that whole Spike Lee thing that happened that same game. But I, I mean, Barrett's looked better shooting the ball uh, off the dribble. He's been throwing some nice passes. He and Mitch have been hooking up a bit, and uh, I don't know. In, in general, uh, especially in that in that Rockets game, I know I'm kind of homing in on that one game, but. He really struggled in the fourth quarter, like made a bunch of bad plays in a row, and then he bounced back and, and had the biggest bucket of the game and just sort of like took it to PJ Tucker who bounced off him. It's just it was super impressive and it and it iced the game a little bit and uh and that that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for when I'm when I'm watching these games at this point. Yeah. And that that game he had twenty seven, five and five. Hit went three for eight from three, which is good. That's what you want to see. That's the that's the superstar we thought he was going to be when we drafted him. We thought it was a three person draft, and we got the third person. So hopefully he he is a superstar. And I think uh, I think he sat a good amount of that fourth quarter, and then Mike Miller back to him sat him for for too long, and then just threw him into like a very close game against like a really good team. And then like you said, he was flustered for a little bit, and just then got back to it. Yeah. Been delivered, but yeah, I mean, Barrett been hooping. Frank's been looking a lot better, especially this current game that's happening. The Knicks are playing the Wizards. I knew he had ten and six at some point during the first half. He may have accumulated more stats after that, which is very impressive. And then he took ten shots in seventeen minutes against the Pistons, which I don't think he he didn't make a bunch of them, but the fact that he did it. I could appreciate that. <laughs> you know? According to my records, he's currently up to 12 and 6 in this game. <laughs> That's still happening. Uh, I mean, it's only been four minutes. And I think yeah. he's been sitting that, that during that duration. He just came back in. So we'll see. I believe so. We'll Rui, Hach- Rui Hachimura just took Julius Randle's soul on live TV for me. So that was, that was pretty wild to see. Um, Look, looking forward to it. Yeah, so just get re- tell me when that happens, Greg, because you're gonna like that. Is it on um, offense or defense? Yes. So oh. <laughs> okay. And are we? I, I guess I opened up pretty dramatic, and and it, it is because, and this is peeling the curtain back a little bit, like it, the Knicks are deflating. Like to dive into this twice a week, takes it out of you, and at the same time, I just went back to look. Um, cause BBD did mention Mike Miller the other day. So I, 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 I kind of wanted to look into that, but 
are we kind of forgetting like the four and eighteen times under Fizdale? Because I think since then we're sixteen and twenty six, something like that. Like, should I should I be happier with Mike Miller? Should I be mad he's not? He has been ruled out for the job. Or Jake, stop talking about the coach because. I don't even know, guys. I don't know what I want anymore. Yeah, it's all very deflating. To to go off what you were saying, it's tough when we're in the middle of a three and two stretch, and we're right. now twenty and forty four. You know, I'm, I don't care that we went three and two. We're so bad, it doesn't right. make up for anything. It's kind of a good point. Yeah, thank you. That's actually that's actually a really good point. It hurts. Um, God. But I, I don't know, like, good stuff for Mitch. We we want to see more of him. We've been saying that all season. Frankie Smokes had his moments the other night and tonight, like you mentioned. I mean, is it – I we definitely raised the yellow flag earlier this year with Noxie. Is it, like, red flag time? Is it throw the flag out? What are we doing? I don't know. I think we're just trying to get the young guys playing and otherwise – it's like last year when the only reason you would watch a basketball game was to see Mitch Robinson dunk it. Dunk it. We're at that point. Yeah, I've like lost what feels like all confidence I have in Knox, but at the same time, it's like, what else am I going to watch for if not to see him at least try to play? And I feel like the only way he can get better is if they at least just like throw a bunch of minutes at him and see if he can uh, sink or swim, so to speak. Yeah, and last year, like I'm, just, it's crazy to look back at his stats and his game logs. He averaged about 13 points per game last year in almost 29 minutes per game, and this year he's at about six and a half points. So basically, exactly half the amount of points per game as last year. Um, and he's shooting worse from the field. He's shooting worse from three. He's shooting worse from the free throw line, like substantially worse in all those categories. <laughs> And, like, that just all points to me to, like, a a confidence thing. Like, that looks like a mental thing. Like, the free throw line especially, it doesn't really make any sense that he's shooting this much worse. And and part of that, I think, has to do with how he's being used. Um, Last year he was a a featured guy at a higher usage. But, I, I mean, this year it just seems like he's out there as kind of just a floor spacer. And, uh, and he shoots threes on, <clears throat> on kickouts. Like, that's pretty much it. He's not really called upon to generate offense, to, like, run pick and rolls very much. I don't think he's particularly good at those things, but it's still a, a skill he should be de- developing at 20 years old. Uh, and, and you just you hate to see a guy get markedly worse in year two. It's like you guys, the, the Knicks as an organization – are charged with developing this young player who was a lottery talent who showed some sparks his rookie year. He won. I mean, we we go back to it all the time, but he won rookie of the month for what that's worth. But it's, I mean, it's worth something. And he hasn't even shown those sparks really for much of this season. He's had some nice blocks in recent weeks. Like, and then Mitch Robb started calling him and Kenny Wooten and Kevin Knox and Mitch Robb, the, the block brothers, which is kind of funny, I guess, but like, <laughs> It's nice that Kevin Knox is playing some defense and getting some blocks, sure. But uh, bottom line is, across the board, statistically, he's been worse. By the eye test, he's been worse. And that's not that's just not what you want to see. This isn't like a sophomore slump thing, I don't think. I just think it's a lack of development and a poor like utilization, a poor deployment of this player. Update. Uh, Julius Randle just got dunked on again, this time by Bradley Beal. <laughs> um, 
uh, almost unreal. But, uh, yeah, and I, I just think that makes so much sense, Tom, and we kind of saw this coming. Like, he's he's a kid. He, he was crazy young last year. He's still crazy young. Um, you know, he's 20 years old. And last year, I, you know, trying to get in the athlete mentality is tough for me, but um, – Last year, he averaged 13 points as a 19-year-old in the NBA. That's, wow, that's crazy, wow. <laughs> and this year he comes in, I, I mean, just think about his mindset. Like, when Kevin Knox went into last offseason, what did he tell himself? He probably told himself, okay, I averaged 13 and 4.5 and last year. Next year I want to average, you know, 15 and 6, 17 and 7. Who, who knows what kind of goal setter Kevin Knox is? I do not. But I'm sure his goal wasn't to score half of his points from last year. And and that does go to the Knicks' development because why? It's it's not like he's shown us he should be playing a lot less. He Like you mentioned, the numbers are down, but it, it's because he's not playing at all. And he's getting – when you get five shots a game, you're nervous as all hell. <sighs> Yeah, one of the other things for me is, like, I also understood at the beginning of the year the idea that, like, you shouldn't just hand him minutes, I guess, because there are other people on the team who were trying to play well. And then there was the, you know, we have all these vets on potentially one-year deals, depending on you know, what the team wants. So, yeah, we're trying to trade those guys. So, yeah, if he's not playing well, don't play him. Build up other guys' value. But then they only traded Marcus Morris. So now it's like, all right, we got all these guys here with no reason to for long-term benefit to see them play over Knox. So it's just like frustrating, even though Knox isn't, I guess it's been better lately, but like, it's still not good. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Knox is, Knox is a tough one to talk about. We usually try to forget about him, but <laughs> I don't know. He was good last game for like at least five minutes. And that's all I'll, I'll yeah. try to remember. I mean, you, a lot of the time you'll just – you really want him to play more, but then he just does what he does, and you're like, oh, I, I understand Mike Miller. I don't blame you. Because like Tom said, he's usually just standing and shooting threes, but when he tries to take people off the dribble, he just gets stripped. And then once every ten games he dunks it, and you're like, wow. That was impressive. <laughs> I think that's all of our experience with Kevin Knox. Am I right? I mean, yeah. part part of that part of what I was talking about with the deployment thing is so last year he played forty three percent of his minutes at power forward, forty three percent. It's like almost half. This year he's playing thirteen percent of his minutes at power forward, and I think that like objectively he just fits better at the power forward spot. Like he's defensively he can't chase around wings. He can't defend wings. Um, and, and and so, like, power forward just makes more sense for him in that respect. But then also on offense, like, his shooting is not all that special for a small forward. But you move, you slide him over to power forward, and, like, his ability to shoot actually becomes kind of a plus skill. At least, theoretically, it's a plus skill. He has not been shooting the ball that well on the season. But, like, he's still someone you moderately have to respect. He's, he's a very willing and capable three-point shooter, especially when open. So... The fact that he's been playing just he's been playing 83% of his minutes at small forward doesn't make sense given especially who the young guy center is 
who'd be in the front court with him, and that's Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson would erase so many of the mistakes that Kevin Knox makes. If you're worried about Kevin Knox killing you on defense as a power forward, that's why Mitchell Robinson is there to clean those mistakes up. And then on the offensive end, Knox can spread the floor at the four position and hopefully kind of have more of a spread floor for, for Mitch Rob rolling to the rim. So it just makes so much more sense to play Knox at power forward like he did last year, but it's just not how he's being used. And I think his, his numbers and his on-court play shows that. So is it official that the Knicks totally panicked, thought they were getting KD and Kyrie, they found out they weren't, got Julius Randle as an asset, thinking that was the move, and now it's a it's a disaster? No, no, no. Scott Perry and Steve Mills said this was the plan. Yeah, this was the plan. It's the plan. just in – Tom, what you just said is infuriating. I, I mean – because it's not like, it's not like Kevin Knox came into the league and it was like I think he'll be better at the three. No, everyone said he would be best as a stretch four, and uh, I mean just to hear that minute transition, it's uh, it it's mind blowing. Yeah, and it's tough because like when we signed all the guys, we tried to like tell ourselves that we didn't actually sign four power forwards, but when you needed a guy to get minutes at power forward there definitely were no longer any minutes at power forward to be given to that person because we go out in Taj Gibson Marcus Morris Julius Randle and Bobby Portis and they all needed to play that's sad (laughs) (laughs) the whole thing is sad it's the Knicks man Tom I was having an okay day and you come in here well, it's it's our fault for talking about Kevin Knox this long. It was bound yeah. to happen. We got I mean, yeah. there are more encouraging <coughs> players to talk about. We I mean, we touched Spike on RJ Barrett. Um RJ <laughs> Barrett and Mitchell Robinson and and Frank, like I'm I'm watching yeah. him play yeah. in this Chris game against Paul. the Wizards and he just looks so much more confident and comfortable with the ball in his hands. I mean, early, even earlier this season, Greg, it was a joke that we made frequently. I mean, every time he'd get on the court, he would turn the ball over the first time he touched it. Like, it was an automatic, like, okay, you got to pay your, your Frank tax. It'll be one yeah. turnover, and then he'll get to playing basketball again. But he stopped doing that. Like, he actually looks capable out there. And I think he's turned a corner in a few respects. Um, he's shooting the ball more confidently. And, I, you know, his stats – He Frank's a guy, like, where his stats almost never match what your eyes are telling you. And it's super frustrating. But – I'm saying now, like he looks like he's turning a corner, and I'm I'm encouraged to see what Frank's doing. Yeah, Should Frank's I be patient? I mean, we've been pretty patient at this point. Like Frank is in year three, and uh, I mean, granted, his role, his playing time has been you know jerked around f- since his rookie year. I feel like and he's played under three head coaches at this point, <laughs> right? Like it, it's been Hornacek, yeah. Fisdale. And Miller in, in less than three another. seasons. Soon to be four, yeah. That is I not ideal sorta... for like a point guard who is going to be a project and we all knew it was going to be a project. So like it's not like it's not like Frank's been having ideal conditions in playing like this. But at the same time, he also just misses a, a ton of shots. <laughs> it's it's kinda kinda crazy to think about that Frank and now they're calling Knox a project, which that's how you know things went off the rails. Like, Knox was supposed to come in and be, 
like talented. Now he's yeah. gone to project. A little worried about that. Mitch Robb has been great. His his field goal percentage stuff is record breaking, and R.J. Barrett is still 19 years old. So I guess that's where I had to take a step back for a second and say, I mean, be patient because uh, at this point, a 22 year old R.J. Barrett still seems like he'd be a really good player, right? Yeah, that sounds right. I mean, like we said, he scored 27 against the Rockets the other day. So hopefully that he keeps doing stuff like that and gets better. He's shoot, He's been shooting, like, a lot better. I don't know the statistics, but it's been easier on my eyes at the very least. Aesthetically. Tonight's been Let's not a good one, but but in general, yeah, he's been much better. Yeah, in his past – let's see, in his past – 10 games, he's averaging 16.3, four and a half, 43% ah, from the field. Still not where we want him, but he, he's got some big games in there. He's got the 27, a 21. Um, and, and I don't know, do we still see him? What position do you like him at right now, Tom, and where do you like him in the future? Has anything changed? Um. I mean, he he's a wing, right? So he's like a two or a three at this point. I think has it changed at all? Like my perception of him, I I don't know. Like he is definitely confident shooting the ball from three. It doesn't. It still doesn't look great. I'm just trying to think of kind of a, a corollary of what kind of player I think he could be. Um, I think the Demar Derozan comparison is still out there. Uh, I don't know. Like some of the weaknesses you see from him. Are, are the same ones that people had going in. Like he, he is, he's a super physical player. But I think because he's always been able to use his strength to get through guys, he doesn't really have people like to say he doesn't have a lot of wiggle or like kind of ability to beat people one on one off the dribble. And and I've been, you know, I'm still continuing to notice that even though he has been playing better. But again, like even identifying weaknesses for a 19 year old player, that's not to say this guy can't improve on those in future years so I mean Barrett's a guy I'm willing to be patient on and I think that he is skilled enough in a lot of ways and and strong and competitive and smart so I I think his his floor is as a good NBA player and his ceiling I'm I'm pretty unsure of at this point yeah Barrett's given us no reason to really be you know down on him you know it is it's still his rookie year Really, his biggest sin as an NBA player is just not being Zion Williamson or John Morant. And uh, hey, I made that mistake too. So yeah, I uh, <laughs> I can't sit here and like complain about the Knicks taking RJ Barrett or anything like that. He seems like it was the right pick, and he can only get better from here. And like you said, yeah, Floor is a good NBA player at at minimum, or you might have said very good which I would agree with. I like all of that. I like all of that. What's, uh, I, I think I, I talk about what's coming next for the Knicks, but I, I think we all know I, we've got, what, 17 games left, something like that, 16. Um, those were both guesses. I don't know why I corrected the guess. I should have just <laughs> said that I, I don't know. I, I made an educated guess on how many games are left. But – um, we obviously we want to see the young guys play and hopefully they can give us a final 10 games we can hang on to next year something like that um, uh, you know it's it's not too far away to you know we I think we started looking at the draft one episode um, I uh, 
But I, I think the big news was Kenny Atkinson getting fired across town and again the Knicks announcing that, that they're not bringing back Mike Miller. So there's uh that's like I, I mean what's the equivalent to that? Like uh, is he's not he's not even going to be promised to be in the organization or anything I don't think. But that's we'll do we'll do Mike Miller another time but um, uh, is Kenny Atkinson everyone's leader in the clubhouse? Are there any other coaches that come to mind? Because I know, you know, when Fizdale got fired, this was a big discussion, and we wanted to see Mike Miller. We've seen, um, you know, to mixed results. Again, comparing to Fizdale, he looks pretty good, but I don't know if that's if that's the barometer there. Um, are we? Should we all be as Knicks fans on the Kenny Atkinson trade, or do we have train, or do we have our eyes on someone else? I, I think uh, Kenny showed what he can do with a, a young team in terms of development. And, uh, I mean, the Nets didn't really have a lot of stars. I know you like D'Angelo Russell, Jake. But, I mean, guys like Spencer Dimwitty, Karis LeVert, Jarrett Allen, like these were not heralded players coming in. And they've all, like, developed, and they all developed under Atkinson. Uh, so that's encouraging. I'm I'm personally team Atkinson at this point. But – I mean, the thing is, like, there's a couple things. He is going to be the top target for a lot of teams, I think. I, I think a lot of teams who will be doing the, the coaching carousel in the offseason, who will be firing their coaches, I think Atkinson is going to be highly desired. But at the same time, like, um, I, was, I was just listening to Low Post the other day, and, and they were talking about how Atkinson has, like, three young sons, and they're all, like – very active on their sports teams and they, they live in Brooklyn. And um, so he's built like this family here. He, he's like a part of his community in here in New York. So I could see Atkinson looking at this a couple different ways. Like maybe he doesn't want to go to the scrutiny of the Knicks or maybe he's, he's familiar with, he's like watched the news in the last couple of years and doesn't want to be a, tied to this organization. But at the same time, maybe he, he'll do it for his family and like what he doesn't want to move. So there's like the human side to it too. That's that's nice. Uh, <laughs> I uh, I really don't know. I don't have any yet. I more just decide who I don't want to be the coach. That's Mark Jackson. Uh, other than that, I I just, I don't I just don't know how it translates to because like Jeff Hornacek went forty eight and thirty four with a, a a weird Suns team where Gerald Green was like one of their best players. Just. So then I assumed Jeff Hornacek was going to be a good coach for us. And he, right. I didn't have any fun. Mm. <laughs> so now Kenny Atkinson did what he did. He had one over 500, 500 year with the Nets when he went 42 and 40. But that being said, he didn't have an actual basketball team any year that he was coaching the Nets, and he pulled out one plus 500 year. So that's impressive, but I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know what Kenny Atkinson does. I mean, he seems to get he, he seems to get credited for like building that like Nets culture we heard all about over the summer that got them Katie and Kyrie like we were supposed to and I don't know, everything we seem to know about him it feels like he is pretty far and away the perfect coach for where the Knicks are right now at the same time uh there's teams like the Bulls who will probably be looking for a coach after this year who also have young talent a couple young talented players um but the the family thing could take into effect he might not want to move and um 
So, yeah, let him come in and, and develop. I, I don't see a reason why the Knicks should not allow it to happen, but it seems like they're, they decided to narrow it down to Mark Jackson and uh, Tom Thibodeau before the regular season's even over. So that's cool. And I guess I guess Van Gundy's in the mix. I don't know. Those are like the only names that have even been rumored. And I can't think of one, another one that would enter the mix that I would like more than Atkinson. But I guess I want either, if we're up to me, either Atkinson or someone I've never heard of. <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. Whoever makes a whoever makes a surprise run in the NCAA tournament, we'll take him. Oh, I love that. That's that's always so bizarre to me that the the smaller NCAA tournament schools that make a run, like those guys get job offers at big schools. And it's like you're basically deciding that on two basketball games. Yes. Yeah, like so if any 14 seed in the tournament it, like they get to the tournament and they're like, okay, that was a solid coaching job. But if you win two games, now you're in line for like a giant job, and like your team could have just made three point shots one day. Jake, so to go with that, Cornell went to the Sweet Sixteen one year, and BC hired their coach to be their coach to follow Al Skinner, who was like a good coach for a really long time. The guy was just the worst coach you could ever imagine. <laughs> and it was just like, he was like trying to basically play Ivy League basketball in the ACC against Duke in North Carolina. And just like, BC has just not been to the NCAA tournament in a very long, long time. I think he lasted a th- four years. He lasted, I think he might have lasted three. I saw him coach for three years and it was a, t- it was a bad time. So, so that's... We're f- that's who's going to be coaching the Knicks next year. We're fully rooting. Whoever's Knicks coaching Knicks Cornell coach. is going to be nope. coaching the Knicks. <laughs> so the Ivy League conference tournament has been canceled. So Yale automatically oh, wins. Yeah. Then they get the tournament bid. So the coach of Yale will be coaching the Knicks next season. You heard it here first. Damn. We've got two Ivy League head coaching rumors. <laughs> I, didn't, I did not think that's where we land. But we normally do. So... Um, I don't know, guys. Any Anything else we missed? I know some of the stout stuff happened, CP3. I don't know if we're ready for that. Um, your your guys' call. Dealer's choice if anyone wants it. I know, we could talk a little about Spike, maybe. I don't know. Okay. So Get Spike, going. The Spike thing happened. Apparently, Spike tried to go into an entrance that he's been into before, but they decided that it's now an employees-only entrance. I think it was always an employees-only entrance, but now they decided to enforce the policy. And they didn't tell him directly, so he got mad. And apparently, there's a big, there's a video on YouTube of him just yelling, "You're gonna arrest me like Oakley." It's kind of like, don't do that. And you can imagine the security guard just being like, "Please, please stop doing this." <laughs> and then, uh, so then there's a picture of him shaking hands with Dolan. And then he goes, Spike Lee goes on first take and says, "It's a terrible experience. He's done going to the garden for the year. He didn't shake hands with Dolan." Just. <laughs> Just like a bad. Everything was horrible. Whose side are you on, Greg? I think I'm on Dolan's side uh, because Spike Lee went on TV and just lied about not shaking his hand. It's a weird thing to do. It's like this is easily proven false. (laughs) But then the Knicks PR tweeted out whatever they tweeted out, and we were like, this is ridiculous. Whatever you call that. Yeah, it's pretty much like a 
teenager tweeting out angrily about at Spike Lee. Yeah, they called it laughable. It was definitely an angsty tweet as, as someone who works in public relations. Uh, that's not, you know, that's kind of a poor form, I'd say. It, it's not what you aim for. It's not what they teach you in school. <laughs> it was, it was well, a, who am I to judge the Knicks PR? They're the professionals after all. Yeah. It was a it was a parody of what they should have said. <laughs> it's like what would be the funniest thing we could say right now? And then they did that and they sent it out. How can we turn this one situation where we could have looked all right from a PR standpoint <laughs> into something bad? And that and then that's what they tweeted. I think I think that's the game that they always play. When I realized there's an intern or a young person that runs Nick's Nick's PR, I felt pretty bad for a couple minutes. It's like, they're if they take any of the comments seriously, like they gotta have dark bus rides home or whatever. <laughs> Lord you know, knows I do. In, what? When uh, when the Knicks were four and whatever, twenty-two, four and eighteen. I remember uh, th- there was – they always post the Knicks talk, the Knicks account just posts, like, the game scores and, like, another good game, but they were 4-18. And, and someone <laughs> commented and said, I know whoever posts this is be crying every time they post something. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. <laughs> <That's tough. laughs> the, uh, I guess ultimately the part that – that like grinds my gears more than any other part of this situation is that uh like it was the like only good Knicks win of the year and like RJ hit a game clinching jumper um and that could have been what we talked about that day and then uh and then it wasn't at all and we've all just like gotten to forget about it we could be overreacting to RJ hitting one jumper and that could have been fun BBD, that no, that that's actually a great point, and it it is Nick's life summed up. That <laughs> that should have been a segment on here on this podcast talking yeah. about the Knicks. Instead, the most well-known Nick celebrity kind <laughs> <laughs> got kicked out that day. He didn't get kicked out. He got greeted at a door, <laughs> and that's the storyline. Instead of our 19-year-old who's averaging 16 points over his last so many games or whatever. And that's, <laughs> I mean, that's Nick's life. That's unreal. So that is funny because so that was also Leon Rose's first day. That, that, that's, just that was the other him. one. <laughs> that was, was his first the, day. Official. And he's like, what am I, what am I getting it's myself into? It's a comedy into? podcast. But the other thing is that, like, they just hired a branding professional in Steve Stout. And I know, yes, his first day he went on, like, whatever was first take and kind of embarrassed himself. But you got to think, all you right, know, he learned that from happens it. In all or- that happens in all organizations, Tom. The guy's first day, they go on TV and they make an ass of themselves. Right. That's normal. The guy who was hired to make the team cool again. He's That's- our Drake. But I will say that, like, <laughs> <laughs> he went he went back to back, first take and then this. Like, <laughs> It's it is embarrassing. It's just like you have to have some self awareness and some like awareness of what public perception is and what what would make you look good as an organization is to take the high road and just be like, hey, Spike. Like, 
uh, like swallow your pride a little bit. I know, like, while de- sure, like defend yourself a little, but don't come across so snide and so like just childish, really. And uh, I don't know if Steve Stout is the one who hit send on that PR tweet, but like he's got to <laughs> at this point, like he's a lost cause for me. Like you might as well not have hired him. The, the, the Knicks don't have a Drake in my eyes. Steve Stout was Nas's manager. That's where they. <laughs> that's where they brought him in. Mary J. Blige, ever heard of her, Tom? <laughs> I have. <laughs> her name's in her name's in the rafters. Yeah. She but I great. think so highly of Mary J. Blige, and like with the Knicks, I don't know. They weren't Mary J. Blige wasn't pulling these stunts on first take. That's all I'm saying. I don't. It's just <laughs> they they just hired a an agent and a music <laughs> guy to run their team. Is what I'm what I think happened. They're like, I guess it hasn't been working just hiring basketball people. <laughs> Let's give something else a try. Our uh, our uh, friend of the program, a fellow we grew up with, Big Big Evan, uh, he's he's starting to make waves on on the Twitter sphere. Um, I think he tweeted out when that first happened that <laughs> the Knicks had a leaky toilet. And instead of calling a plumber, <laughs> they called a magician. <laughs> <laughs> and that's honestly what it felt like. And yet <laughs> that magician went on TV their first day and they made a fool of themselves. I just, uh, as you see, I'm losing my composure. Not not that I ever pretend to have it, but um, wow. Colby White, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Chris Paul, does anyone have the heart for it? Uh, do they want to, like, give us stuff to take him? No? No. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll give up many picks for him instead, I guess. <laughs> I don't know, guys. Deal. I, I like I like Chris Paul as, as a player. I Like, he's super smart. I know he's just making an ungodly amount of money these next few years. But I mean, at the same time, like we also saw how like, the Knicks had a ton of money this past off season. We saw how they spent yeah. it on your Randall's, your Bobby Portis's, your Alfred Payton's, your Wayne Ellington's, you know, it's, so it's, it's, all it's just like, to plan. is that what we're going to do instead of Chris Paul? Like at least Chris <laughs> Paul, you know, the upside is he's going to put guys in position to be successful. Like, even as he gets older, he's not going to lose his basketball smarts. He's not going to lose his hyper competitiveness. You look at guys like I mean, so it's kind of he's kind of an anomaly. But John Stockton played until he was like early 40s, and it was an effective player really until he retired. Um, I know the game has changed since then as far as it being like more up and down, more athletic. But like Stockton, even though he's an anomaly, like Chris Paul is kind of a good comparison as far as just like basketball savvy and intelligence and playmaking ability. Uh, Chris Paul isn't like blowing by guys off the dribble to make his plays. He's doing it by like getting to his spots and just being a step ahead of everyone else. So the point of all that is like I could see him being an effective player into old age. And it's just like based on who the Knicks signed this past off season, like how much better are the guys they're going to be signing like with this cap space instead of Chris Paul? I don't know. I'm I'm just I'm more open to it than I think some are, but I haven't really looked I, I didn't do any like deep dives into the uh, into the salary cap minutia here. Yeah, I think it goes more into what it would cost to get him. If he's free, sure, why not? But if we're letting the the Thunder salary dump him onto us, 
I I'll do it. Looking at the contract now, he there is only two more years after this one, so like I don't think the Knicks are gonna be handcuffed by having uh Chris Paul for the next two years. But like if they'd have to give up anything I like what's the point of that? Like what would you give up the Clippers pick this year, knowing it's whatever, twenty twenty something in a bad we draft. shouldn't be giving anything up for chris paul yeah exactly so that's that's what the problem is that the thunder are like the five seed in the west right now and he's their best player so they're gonna say we're we would need something for our best player we're a legitimate playoff team yeah it's it's yeah. kind of a and weird who, and it's who a would weird be, push pull and who would be like the piece in like free agency or something this summer, they're trying to get that the Chris Paul contract makes room for Bobby Portis, like, <laughs> and they and they'd basically have to take back like Julius Randle, and that takes up all of that cap space they created. Well, not all of it, but like half of it. So yeah. like, then oh my god, the yeah, no, Gun- I'd I'd trade our first rounders to get off of Julius Randle. <laughs> <laughs> gun, gun, gun to your guy's head. Would you trade Julius Randle for Chris Paul? I'm doing it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'd do that. You have to do that. So the Thunder wouldn't do it. That's insane. <laughs> That's insane. How did we get here? I guess you could also like pick up Portis's option and and attach in there, and then you really got to give up some other stuff um, when you could have just. <laughs> Not brought back Portis and not. Uh, that's funny. Try so to that's work like out a trade where you get Chris Paul by giving up stuff. It would be a really Knicks thing to do. So I expect it to happen. Yeah, that goes back Even to when with they Leon Rose. They picked up Chauncey Billups' seventeen million dollar option and then amnestied him. <laughs> it's a Knicks thing to do. So let's pick up Bobby Portis's fifteen million dollar option and then attach a first round pick to get rid of him. <laughs> I'm 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 in. Attaching him with the first round pick with Julius Randle, who I guess is the best overall player for the worst contract in the NBA. Even though, <laughs> even though I, I I think Chris Paul's still good, but like, I don't know. I don't know. Guys. Oh, the Knicks are down by four now. Um, yeah, I think uh, so. The problem is, if there were if Chris Paul had one year left. There would be no problem at all with taking him, but that that that's when the good free agent class is supposed to be mm. um, after his first season, and you don't want to have forty five million dollars tied up into an older gentleman. At yeah, that but point. do you have any faith that the Knicks like would put themselves in position to actually like? Non- Giannis is coming. I mean, to we get a good get- free agent. We pr- we're getting Anthony Davis this summer, and then Giannis and next Giannis. summer. RJ Barrett. I can't even gonna... make the jokes anymore. Like RJ Barrett. <laughs> I don't know, guys. It, it's I haven't I haven't even been watching. So last season, as bad as that year was, I watched nearly every single game, and I wrote like a pretty in-depth article like every week. Every week, I wrote something. I, put, I spent a lot of time on it. This year, I like I haven't written anything in months. I like will watch the games and like have some beers and not and like be on my phone. It's just like I I don't know for some reason I'm I'm not nearly as into this season as I was even last year. Maybe it's because of the the impending hope that we had with the with Durant and Kyrie. But like I can't watch Julius Randle anymore, and he's he's honestly probably our best player. He's averaging 19 points, 
10 boards, three assists. And he's in my eyes, like pretty unwatchable. Like I, I'm like, <laughs> I, I can't do it. I like, it's such a disconnect in my head between him being our best player. And like, he has to really play well, I think for the Knicks to win games, which I want, I still maybe for, for worse. I, I still want to watch the Knicks win games, even though like it would hurt their lottery odds. So maybe I shouldn't be rooting for that anymore, but Bottom line is win or lose. Like Julius Randle is 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 not a watchable basketball player in my eyes anymore, yeah, and that's where I'm at. Like that's I know that's super downer and negative, but that's just where I'm at with this team. Yeah, yeah. Point I'm at. Yeah, this season has certainly not been a, an easy watch because we don't have like all the cap space and any um, reason for optimism like we did last year uh, when it seemed like KD was a done deal. Uh, and the, we, one, don't seem to have, like, one of the top, like, three picks coming. I guess it's a lottery, you don't know, and they changed the odds, all that. But there's also, like, not that guy. There's not a Zion in this draft. There's not even, like, an R.J. Barrett in this draft that we know of at this point, I think. Not that I've done a, a whole lot of research. Um, but, it's not, but this is considered a weak uh, draft class, so it's kind of like... I guess winning games isn't really hurting a tank because, like, all the picks are, are kind of the same in this one. You got to get lucky, and, and whichever one the Knicks have is the one that's not going to work out. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, and, and it's a lot of watching Julius Randle play basketball right now, and maybe I wouldn't call him unwatchable, but I, I haven't had a moment to consider him fun to watch yet. Um, that could change. I mean, yeah, I'm I, at the point where I'm like, I feel bad for Mike Breen, who's just like almost become a just a broken record. He just sounds so depressed. He's like, Julius Randle spins into another double team, and there goes the ball. And like, <laughs> like Breen seems genuinely upset watching Julius Randle play basketball, and I, it's it's gotten to me a little bit. It's well, a I, Bob Euchre, Bob Euchre at the beginning of Major League, yeah. the worst team ever. I, I have a, I have a sad moment. I'd say probably twice a week when I think about how many games Walt and Clyde have watched over the years, and like, I don't know. Like there, there should be highlight tapes of them calling NBA final games, and like Mike Breen would have such a good Knicks win the title call, and like Clyde would say something really weird, but we don't have that because they don't get there, and it's um, like it's unfortunate for Mike Breen's career that the Knicks aren't good. Yes. That's that's tough. That's a tough break. We always lend in there. Um, <laughs> guys, it, it was good seeing all your beautiful faces. Uh, I, I think we got we to gotta wrap it up. For everyone tuning in, thank you so much. Um, you know, I, I always say turn this, turn this place into like a little coping area. Um, you know, we're, we're Knicks fans. We're in this together. There will be a day. Uh, I don't know if it's, you know, my kid's lifetime or their kid's lifetime or when it is, but there will be a day when we can be proud Knicks fans and making me proud today. Tom Piccolo, Greg Poon, big baby David, go follow them, subscribe to them. Uh, try to see if you can find their home address, scare them a little bit. <laughs> um, and <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Talking Knicks, and let's go Knicks.